0: This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have your Bible today, you can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to preach a message like my wife today, short and sweet. Some of the guys are like, oh, some of the girls are like, ah, some of you guys are like, what? And guys, that's why you're single, right there. I can help you. Be romantic, right there. Short and sweet today. 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. A story about a young boy named Samuel. Um, he's a young child. The, the story goes that his mother could not have a baby. There was infertility in her family. And she said, God, if you just give us a son, we'll give him back to you. His mother, Hannah, and you can read it in the chapter before this. And she prays and said, God, if you answer our prayer, because children are always a sign of legacy. I want to encourage you, whether it's children or anything else, some of you say, I don't, we don't want to have children, but I believe you can have spiritual children, that your legacy is not in what you build, it's in who you raise. And I, have, I was a father before I was a father. There's people I poured into, and there are people in my life that have raised me that aren't even blood family, and I do believe people are the most valuable resource we have. They're our greatest investment. But she looked at this and said, I want a son, and she said, God, give me a son, and I will give him back to you. To serve in, in your house, in the church, literally to live at the church with, the, with the, the priests in the church and to be raised in the church. And now we pick it up in, in this chapter. Now, Samuel is now becoming a, a young man. And here we see him. He's, he's, in the, he's in the church, he's in the temple, he's going to bed in verse 3 chapter 1. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. He was the priest, he was the pastor, he was in charge. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out to Samuel. i got to let you know that God can suddenly interrupt your life. We say things in church, and sometimes we say things like, God's a gentleman. No, he's not. God's like a three-year-old. He'll interrupt you without any notice. God will interrupt you. And some of you, God's interrupted your life. You weren't looking for change. You weren't looking for God. And all of a sudden, God interrupted your life. And it says here that suddenly God spoke, called out to Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli, to the priest. He said, here I am. Did you call me? And I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So we did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. He said, here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. I'm sure he wanted to drink a water and not from the bathroom, but from the kitchen at that point, too. Verse 7, if you have kids, you know the pain, right? Verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lay down. Again. And if someone calls again, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord called, came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. This morning, just for a few moments. So I want to encourage you, as we're talking about hearing the voice of God, I want to encourage you if you can hear the voice of God for yourself. I believe the voice of God solves a thousand problems. I believe in advice. I believe in counsel. I believe in training. I believe in education. But when God speaks, things change. I want to speak to this title this morning. If you're taking notes, I would encourage you to take notes because you'll need this one day, Wednesday, Friday, maybe next year. And notes never forget. This is the title this morning Lost in Translation. Look at your neighbor and say, Lost in Translation. All the Newfies know exactly what I'm talking about, all right? Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you for this morning. Father, I thank you for Rob and Melissa again. Father, I thank you for their faith and their courage. Father, I thank you for everyone in church this morning. God, we're asking clearly, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us. God, we're asking clearly that we would hear your voice for our families, for our businesses, for our city, for our church. God, would you speak clearly today? Would you prod us? Would you convict us? Would you encourage us? God, would you build what only you can build? Through your voice. Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this day. And everybody said? Everybody said? Fun is a core value around here. I don't know if you know that. Some of you are like, I don't know, that's church. I'm having too much fun. Fun is a core value because I happen to believe that this should look more like a party than a ceremony. Some people get offended by that. If you get offended by that, just stick around long enough because some people think that holiness and fun are the opposite. I think there's no more fun than living God's plan for your life. Fun is not what you do on Friday night that you can't remember on Saturday and you wake up with regret on Monday. I believe there's nothing more fun than feeling God's purpose for your life, knowing you're in the right place at the right time, on the right path. I believe that's fun. Saying that, Sunday mornings are a party to me because we are celebrating what God's done in our life. It's also a hospital for the hurting, and it's a party for those that have been helped. So today, if you don't feel like partying, it's probably because you need a hospital, and God can reach in and meet you in your need. But if God has reached you and God has done something, someone needs to testify. Amen. Shout to the Lord because God is good. And that's why we look like it's a party in here. Fun is a core value. I believe that someone needs to get excited about what God does in your life. The reason why most people don't want anything to do with religion or faith is because they see people that are the least fun, the most judgmental, people with the the biggest scowl on their face thinking, you go to church, I don't want what you have. I believe we should walk in in confidence with a high standard, but people should say, I want to be around you. Fun's a core value. If you're around here before service and after service, I'll be honest, the fun happens before and after. It's a lot more fun around here what happens outside this theater. And we have a lot of kids running around here. And after the service, it's like chaos. Some of you are having coffee and next steps, which is awesome. But if you just wait a minute, and all of a sudden, we start ripping this thing apart. It, all of a sudden, it's like, it's like Black Friday going on. People are just running and moving and stealing and going. And, and things are just happening. There are kids on hoverboards. There are kids, true story, people are playing hide-and-go-seek, adults and kids. There are kids running everywhere. I'm like, whose kid is that? I don't even know. But they're just running and playing. It's chaos around here. And that's by design. Some of you are like, it's a little too chaotic. Listen, my kids can't wait to get to church for hide-and-go-seek. And that's by design. Because if my kids can't wait to get to church, I win. And if my kids have fun in the house of God, they're not going to look for fun outside the house of God. And I believe if my kids are going to walk away from faith and church, what they're going to say is they're not going to walk away to go find adventure. They're going to say, if I'm walking away from this, I'm choosing a life of boredom and dullness and predictability. Because when I go to church, when I follow God, I never know what's going to happen. I believe fun is a core value. A couple weeks ago in, in the fall, I think it was around October, we had kids going, and a baseball game had broken out in the parking lot with a tape ball, and someone found a baseball bat, and we had, we had a little game of stickball happening in the parking lot. Not much was getting done, but it was fun. And all of a sudden, someone pointed out to me, hey, did you see this over here, this amphitheater over here? I'm like, what are you talking about? They took me down over the hill, out back of the school, and there's this amphitheater that's naturally built, when they built this school, and there's this concrete circle of a pad, and a few concrete steps, and I'm like, oh, that's cool, and there's this little marsh, I think they think it's a lake, but it's more of a bog back there, and there's all this stuff, sticks, and mud, and all this stuff, and, and they said, no, come here, come down here, and like, say something, I went, Hello. I'm like, yeah, cool. Sounded normal. They said, no. Stand on this X on this circle right here. As I stood on that X, all of a sudden, I started to speak, and it was amplified throughout the area. If I moved to the left, you couldn't hear it. If I stepped it to the right, you couldn't hear it. If I stood on the X, all of a sudden, I could hear the whispers of the kids. So the next week, now I'm the tour guide. Now I'm the fun guy because I want to make people know that I am the funnest guy around. So I'm like, kids, kids, come with me. And all the kids, I'm like a Pied Piper. I'm like Bernie. I love you. These kids are following me you know, on this parade down to the marsh. People are like, it's going to be a baptism service. I don't know. Some of the kids need to be held under longer than others, by the way. Anyway, uh, so i like, kids, come down here. And one by one, I get them to stand on the X. I'm like, now listen. I'm like, now say something. Oh, you can hear it. And all the kids out there, they're like, oh, okay. And all of a sudden, you hear it differently when you stand on the X. Here's what I've realized, that God speaks in whispers. And how God speaks, last week we talked about how God speaks, and we're going to continue talking about that next week. But how God speaks matters. But let me remind you, but where you are matters in hearing God's voice. Location is everything. In business, one of the first things I heard is location, location, location. Location matters. The right thing in the wrong place will not work. That's why we chose this school. We believe this location geographically. We believe this building. We have visions for this theater to be filled multiple times over. We chose a location based on the vision put in our heart. Location matters. But I want to encourage you when God is speaking, location matters. How God talks matters, but where we are when he speaks matters. I want to unpack this this story today and pull some truth out of it from 1 Samuel chapter 3 and just pull some truth out of God's word to maybe help you, maybe to spur you on. Because you need a word from God. You need to notice that you need to hear from God. In 1 Samuel 3, it's a story about a young man hearing the voice of God. and We pick it up in verse 1, and I love this. It says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from God, from the Lord, were very rare, and visions were quite rare uncommon. My first point is this, is sometimes God is silent. You ever meet somebody that God's always speaking to them? You ever meet that person? Don't you hate them? (laughs) God spoke to me, really? I haven't even had coffee yet. What are you talking about? Like, like God tells them where to park at the parking lot to get a parking spot. God tells them what, like, you know what I'm saying? Someone's like, I heard God today. I'm like, "I, I don't hear God like that. Some people always hear God, and that's awesome, but I've learned in my journey that sometimes God is silent. It's amazing in this passage, it says in those days, the word of the Lord or revelation from the Lord or hearing from God was rare. I wanna let you know today that sometimes God is silent in your life. I've had seasons we're hearing from God. I can't explain it, but it was like drinking from a fire hose. God would not shut up. I used to have this before we had iPads. I had a notebook, a moleskin next to my bed as a single guy, and I would write it down what God would say. I've gone years, and I don't know if I've heard God. It's funny how there are seasons when God speaks and other times where God is silent. I want to encourage you. Here's what I've learned. I heard this when I was a young man. Never doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. Sometimes God will speak to you, and then all of a sudden we want a new word because we're uncomfortable with what God told us. Like the lights go out, I don't know where I'm going. And God said to keep walking down this road, down this path, towards this destination. And we get about halfway through and now we're like, you know what, I would like a different direction. If it hasn't already, the time's going to come to Rob and Melissa where they're going to go, God, did you say? In fact, it was the first temptation in scripture when the enemy came to Adam and Eve and said, did God really say? I've learned that, you know what, you go with the last thing you heard from God. I've been in cities where my GPS would stop working because of buildings, and all I know is it said go straight, and until I get reception again, I just keep going straight. I've also learned this, that the teacher is usually silent during the test. Sometimes God is silent because he wants to know if you're going to follow the last thing he told you. God won't tell you anything more if you haven't done what he's already told you. Tell my kids something, time for bed. There's no point saying anything else until they get in bed. I'll tell my kids, look, can we do this? Listen, that's not where we're at right now. What I said was, I've realized that many times in my life when God is silent is because he's like, hey, I've already told you what to do. You need to walk through what you're doing. Silence. Silence is not the enemy. Only, know, sometimes God is quiet. Sometimes he's quiet. Verse 2. It says, one night Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. I think it's fascinating that in this story, The author felt inspired to write down that Eli was blind. Here's my point today. Sometimes God uses flawed leaders and flawed people. He was blind. If you read your story today, if you read your Bible, he was not only blind physically, he was actually blind emotionally and spiritually. His own sons, his real sons, he was the priest and his sons were priests. They had actually now started stealing from the offering, stealing from the church. They were seducing women in the church. They were living ungodly lives as leaders. And Eli either chose not to see it or didn't want to see it or couldn't see it. And it said Eli was blinded. You know what I've realized? If you're waiting for the perfect leader to hear from God, you'll never hear from God. God uses flawed people. I've had people with attitudes and people with issues, and God will speak through them to me thinking, I don't know about you, but I know God just spoke using you. God uses flawed people. My friends, if you're waiting for the perfect church, you're going to keep waiting. I've realized that God uses my flawed life and your flawed life. God uses flawed people to speak to his word. In the middle of this journey, Eli, who was blinded both spiritually and physically, became a translator to help Samuel hear God's voice. God uses flawed people. So many people miss out on what God is saying because they're waiting for the perfect leader. I've always heard it said that you, you have the leader you deserve. If that's the truth, we need to pray for our countries. But you know what's interesting to me is people say things like, well, that leader can't see my giftings. They don't appreciate me. Or someone else says, they can't see the problems that those people are causing Samuel's devotion, please don't miss this, Samuel's devotion wasn't based on the goodness of men, but the greatness of God. See, Samuel knew the story of Hannah, his mother, and her not being able to have a child or conceive, but God stepping into his family, stepping into his situation. She having a son, her dedicating him to the Lord, giving him to the church and to the work of the Lord. He knew the miracle from his past and it propelled him into his future. So many people are judging the voice of God on the goodness of men when it should be based in the greatness of God. People get offended in church. I think people get offended. I offend myself daily by the things I say. If you're waiting to get offended, stick around. It'll happen. Cat lovers, stick around. It's going to happen. A cat joke happens at least once a service. Come on, somebody. But can I encourage you? If you're basing the word of God based on the person you're serving or connected to, you'll miss what God wants to say to you. God will use flawed people and flawed moments. That's why we don't pray against our leaders, even as a nation. We pray for them. They're not perfect, and God needs to intervene. But God can use anyone. And today is proof of it. God uses flawed people. It says in verse four, it says this. It says, Suddenly the Lord called out Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? I want to let you know today, number four is that God wants to talk to you. He called them by name. Not just the Nova Church, not just the city, not just the friends. God wants to speak to you today. If you're a guest today or maybe this is your church, you need to know today God wants to speak to you. To your life, by your name. He calls you by name. Names are so important and this team and church has grown so quickly that I don't know all the names and usually I come out with the old hey you. You know that one? Hey, hey you. That means I don't know your name. Don't judge me. Help me. <laughs> then they got a name tag on. You're trying to scan the name tag without looking. You know what I'm saying? It's like, look over there. Hey, okay, what's your name? All right. Hey, Brian. Love you, Brian. Thanks for helping, Brian. You're on the team, right, Brian? Don't steal that speaker, Brian. Put that down, Brian. You know, I love that God never forgets our name. It says that God spoke to Samuel. He said, Samuel called them by name. I want to let you know, do you ever feel forgotten? You ever feel like you're just a number in a crowd? You ever feel like that maybe people don't see you for your realness and who you are? I want to remind you today we serve a God that knows you by name. And people may have forgotten you or cast you to the side or think that you're not important or maybe you've made a mistake and they said, hey, they were important to me then, but now I'm unfriending them on social media. I'm ignoring them in real life and they've had their good time and now they're done. God knows your name. And God does not forget, and God's arm is not short. He can reach you where you are. I want to let you know today, God wants to speak to you personally. God has a word for you about your life. We elevate platform. We elevate preachers. Listen, God wants to speak to your life. Entrepreneurs in here, God wants to give you an idea for a business that will affect the employment of our city and economics. God wants to speak to you moms. God wants to dads. God wants to speak to you about your children. You're frustrated with your kids. You can't handle it. You feel overwhelmed. God wants to speak to you in the middle of your kitchen, your living room, in your car. He wants to speak to you by name. He has not forgotten you. And some of you feel like you're just a number, you're just a seat in a crowd. God looks down and says, I call you by name today. Oh, he wants to speak to you, to you today. I take great encouragement in that. I take great encouragement that God knows my name and he's speaking to me today. That's who God speaks to. If you feel forgotten today, invisible in a dark place, I need you to know today God knows your name. So many people are like, you know, no no if I if I if I was gone, if this ended, no one would miss me. God knows your name. If you're battling depression today, if you're battling suicidal thoughts, if you're battling in a dark place, so many struggle this time of year. I was even telling someone this week, I'm not depressed, but something in January, most people get amped up, new year, new me. I'm just like, I don't know, I feel like I'm kind of like in jello, I can't get going. Something happens every January. I said, God, I'm thankful that you know my name and you can speak into my pain and into my life and God's, his spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead can fill me and all of a sudden, energy and friends and people, listen, if you feel like you're in a dark place, God can speak to you. He knows your name. God wants to talk to you. Verse six, seven, and eight. It said, the Lord called out again to Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? He said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed and Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called the third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, Go lie down. Go lie down. And say, Here I'm your servant listening. When God speaks, it sounds like community. God sounds like community. I watched this survival show. I don't know if it was one like a Bear Grylls or something. Anybody like Bear Grylls? He's like the opposite of me. He's tough and manly and outdoorsy. I only go outdoors from my car to Starbucks. That's me going outdoors. The green bin is as far as I go to nature, people. There are scary things in the green bin. Bears, raccoons, squirrels, things that could hurt a man like myself. And I was watching this show on survival, and I was having a little bit of a panic attack watching it, and they took these people and dropped them on this island. And they had this team on this island, and their job was trying to get fire and water, because when you're in survival, it's the basics that matter. And it's amazing, at that moment, it's not, your inter- it's not the internet or your Facebook status or your bank account. In that moment, survival is all you have. It's amazing how basic life gets. And this one team, they, they couldn't get fire, and fire was connected to water because they had to purify the water that they had, and it hadn't rained. And it said, all of a sudden, dehydration started to... St- to sink in. If you've ever been dehydrated, and once in my life I was dehydrated, you start to lose clarity of thought and focus, and your body stops to work right, and, and, and things started happening, and it was imperative that they got fresh water to help them function. This one girl on, on the team, and the, the camera guy, is filming it, and she's looking at the ocean around this island. She's like, I know I can't drink that salt water, but I am so tempted right now. Because I am dying of thirst. I think it's a fascinating picture to be dying for water and surrounded by water. Because you know if you drink salt water, it actually kill you. So you can die of thirst while floating in the ocean. If that's not a picture of where our world is today, we've never been more connected socially, but more isolated in community. We are dying of thirst for real community, but yet we're surrounded by connection. You put a picture on Instagram, people all over the world will like it if you put the right hashtag, picture of the day, outfit of the day, you know, whatever it is. And people will connect to you from all over the world. I have friends. I'm so thankful for friends, but over years we've lost touch, but they'll text me, they'll, they'll, they'll message me on Instagram, we'll connect and we're connected, but it's not community. And we have a world that thinks they have community. They they think they're quenching their thirst by drinking connection, but it's not God-given community. And people wonder why they're dying, why depression and anxiety and loneliness when we've never been more connected. I remember growing up, you remember you couldn't find your parents unless you called someone's house and they were there. Now we have Find My iPhone. You can track everybody all the time. My kids will have that on their phone, by the way. I will stalk my kids. Why are you in there? Get out of that store. All right, you know. We're all connected, What a picture of where we are today. You know, what's amazing is that Samuel, in this moment, God used the community of those around him to speak to him. He had never heard God's voice. In that moment, he didn't know if it was just a bad dream or if someone was playing a joke on him. And it took community to go, listen, you haven't heard God before. But when you hear this voice again, here's your response. God wants to let you know community is important to hearing God's voice. That's why we come together. I travel and hear people say, yeah, I don't really go to church. I listen to a podcast. We have a podcast, and it's good, but it's not good enough. The Bible says, do not forsake gathering together. There's something that happens when you come together, and someone looks you in the eye and go, how are you doing? How are you really doing? Brian? How's your life? What's going on? A couple nights ago, I went out with some friends late, to be honest. I, just, I wasn't like, wanting to go out, but I hadn't seen my friends for a while. We went out and just talked. And all of a sudden, I felt like, as a thirsty man, water started coming back to me. Why? Because com- God will speak through community. The same friend texted me and said, hey, I feel like God's got a word for the church and for you. And he gave me this word. And something in here said, that's God. God will speak through community. Samuel here in this story needed someone around him to translate what God was saying. Some of you are begging to hear from God. Could it be that God wants you to be in the right community so we can translate what what he wants to say to you? Some of you are lost in translation because they've disconnected from community. I can't hear God. I don't know what God's saying. If you would go back to community... Yeah, no, but I got friends. I got people that keep accountability. I follow this preacher online, and I got this Instagram account, I get inspired by their quotes, and I got friends that check in, accountability all over the country. Listen, that's fine. That's connection, but community is when someone looks into your life, looks into your eyes, and go, hey, I'm here for you. Let's talk about what God's doing in your life. God uses community. God sounds like community. You got to get around people that know his voice, because you might hear God, or you might even overhear God. I'm a prog today of overhearing God speak to other men and women, and it was enough for me to learn his voice. I had pastors and leaders, even my own parents, that God would speak. I'm like, I didn't hear nothing. We're going to do what? And through that, I would hear. That's what God sounds like. That's why we got Robin Melissa up here, because some of you need to hear what God sounds like through community, going, oh, so that's what God sounds like? When God told us, to make a move in our family, we told our kids they didn't hear God, but they heard mom and dad hear God. and they're, Oh, so that's what God sounds like? When God sounds like it, it means that it looks like risk and faith. Listen, you might hear God or you might overhear God. Can I encourage you? You need some translators in this place. Community translates the word of God for your life. Some of you walk in here going, I don't know God. I'm not, I don't know what's going on, but God will speak to you through others going, okay, that's what God sounds like. What are we doing next? Okay, we're going to do this. All right, I'm along for the ride. I'm a part of this community. And you see God move and you see God step out and you see God use you and you're a part of what God said. Why? Because you're around someone that translated for you and said, this is what God's saying. Yeah. It's amazing to me that, that Samuel became the boy that became the man that became the voice of God for a generation. It says he was the one that picked the kings. He picked King David. King David was the boy that became the man that killed the giant. That freed a nation be all because Samuel listened to God's voice in community. He learned God's voice in a group project. And he called out the king that killed the giant that would have freed his own mother, Hannah. I want to let you to know the word of God to you is bigger than you. The word God wants to get to you is bigger than just you. And your emotions and your business and your life and your four walls of your house, it'll affect generations. That's why we need to understand God will speak through community. And it took an old blind leader who had faults to translate the word of God to a young man so he knew what God sounded like. That's why community matters. People push back on community. I don't need church. I don't need community. There's after my money. There's just overcommitment. You listen, there's something about community where it's a safe place to hear God. I want to encourage you today, God sounds like community. Verse 9 and 10, I'm almost done. Verse 9 and 10, he says, Go back and say this. He said, If he calls again, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And the boy replied, Speak, your servant is listening. Last point today God speaks to the available. My son, I love my son. I think he's in this room today. If he's not on a hoverboard somewhere with Brian, I don't know. But my son loves fashion. He's like his dad. And he loves sneakers like his dad. And it's amazing how you become like what you're around. He says some of us are going to get some sneakers. and We're going to design our own things on our sneakers. And he's got a real gift for design and stuff. And he said to me, I might put a quote on my sneakers. I was like, oh, yeah? Expecting... Some kind of different, he said, I'm going to put on there something, maybe, I don't know, just an idea. I might put logos, I might put design, but you know it would be a good quote if I put on there, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And I was like, oh snap, mic drop. I'm like, where'd you hear that? He said, you. I'm like, me? I said that? I started thinking, where did I steal that from, you know? (laughs) All creativity is hiding your source. (laughs) Heard a wise man say that once. (laughs) I want to encourage you today that God speaks to the available. God speaks to the available. Samuel was saying, I'm ready to do whatever you say. When he said, your servant, notice he didn't say, your minister is listening, your leader is listening, your talented one is listening, your future priest is listening. He said, your servant is listening. That word servant literally means to wait orders. If someone's a servant, they're waiting to be told what to do. I think it's interesting what was happening physically is what God wanted to happen spiritually. That this young man was in the church listening to Eli going, what do you want me to do? Fix the church? You want me to get ready for this service? You want me to clean this room? What he was doing physically, he had to do spiritually. I don't understand it, but I know this. That God has spoken to me more when I've been serving than any other time in my life. There's something about when I'm setting up a speaker or reaching somebody or doing what God told me to do or being a part of a community where I'm working that God speaks to me most. God has spoken to me more in the last six months than the previous two years. Why? Because all of a sudden my serving level has gone to another level. And when my serving goes up, the speaking goes up. God speaks to the available. Servants are waiting direction. Samuel went on to be the voice of God to a nation because he was a servant. Sometimes God's speaking gets lost in translation because we're not in community and we're out of position of serving. Why do we push the dream team so much? It's not that we need your help, to be honest. We actually have enough help now. I shouldn't have said that, should I? (laughs) Brian's getting fired, so you need to come and help us, right? But we honestly believe that something happens when you serve, it opens you up to a position, not of pride. Pride goes, no, no, serve me. Pride says, I got my own. I'm going to do me. I'm good. Serving says, what do you need? I've learned the best leader that I can have in this church is someone goes, hey, what do you need? Pastor Mike, what do you need? I need a coffee and a Red Bull. That's what I need. What do you need? I need you to set that up. What do you need? Can you ask them that question? I've realized that God's not looking for talent. He's looking for availability. And God speaks with a purpose. And what his purpose is, is what he wants to do in our city, in your family, in this world. And he wants to speak to those that have a heart going, hey, what do you need? You want to pray a dangerous prayer? God, what do you need? Because he'll tell you. It might mean to apologize to somebody. It might mean to forgive somebody. It might mean to start a church or move across the country and move everything, your young daughter and your family, to a church you don't know anything about. When God speaks but there's something about the position of serving. That's why we believe in the power of this community. Why? Because we're connected together, but God speaks to us, your name in community in a position of serving. This morning, I want to pray for some people and as we close, bow your head for a moment and God's going to start speaking to some of you even right now. And here's the call this morning as I was preparing this. There was a flawed leader who was blind to his own sin and his family's sins. There was a young boy who had never heard God's voice and God wasn't speaking much, but in the middle of this moment, God changes a nation through one encounter. I often think what would have happened if Samuel didn't have an Eli. I often think what would happen if Samuel wasn't a servant. Would God have spoken? Here's my first question today is, is, do you feel isolated? Have you isolated yourself? You might be in this room, but you're closed off emotionally, relationally. You live a private life, and you, people, people try to crack that outer shell of, hey, how was your week? You know, I'm good. God's good all the time. All the time, God is good. I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And you got your lines, and you got your image, but somewhere you've disconnected from community. And you're surrounded with water, but you're dying of thirst. You're surrounded with your business and your schooling and your family and your social media and your emails and your TV and your satellite radio. And you got crowds around you, but you're dying alone. And God speaks through community. And somewhere you're lost in translation, you need someone to help connect you. With every head bowed, if you said, Mike, that's me, I love God, I I, I know God, I'm trying to serve God, but I... I am isolated. I am disconnected. I am I am on my own in this. Somewhere I've removed myself from this community. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand real quick and put it right down. I'm gonna pray for you right where you sit today. I see that hand. Thank you. You can put it right back down. Someone else. Someone else. If that's you, Tase, I feel alone in this. I feel alone in this. Thank you. Put your hand right back down. I want to pray for you today. And believe your heart, I don't know if it was disappointment. I don't know if it was disappointment. I don't know if it was a blind leader that hurt you. I don't know what it was, but somewhere you're disconnected today that God wants to bring you back into community to help translate his plan for your life. The second one is this. You're in community, but you feel like maybe you're not serving. I'm not talking about the dream team. I'm not talking about this church. I'm not talking about that. It's bigger than that. But everything starts with how you feel. I don't like that, I want this. Servants always put themselves second. It's always, what do you need? It's not, I'm not feeling it today. You say to a servant, hey, can you, can you go clean out that burn? Can you go vacuum? Well, I'm not really feeling it today, today's my sleeping day. Servants are, what do you need? But somewhere we've taken a posture of, well, it's about my bank account or my friends or my schedule. And some of you are sitting here today going, I, I struggle with that in my life. With every head bowed, just in a private moment, say, Mike, I want you to pray for me today. I, I I just, I need that broken in my life. I need to serve again. Just raise your hand real quick all over this place. Put it right back down. Yeah, I see that. Put it right back down. I see those hands. Thank you. Put it right back down. I want to pray for you today. All over this place, can we stand to our feet, everybody in this room? You need to hear God's voice today. You need to hear God's voice today. It's found in connection. It's found in community. It's found through serving. I don't know if it's going to be setting up a coffee shop or helping your neighbor move, but when God speaks to you to serve, it's amazing how he starts to speak more and more to servants. It says, Samuel laid in bed and said, God, your servant is listening. And God started to download his plan for his life. Some of you don't feel God, you don't hear God. I think if you start with serving, God will start speaking. Happens every time. At 42 years of age, I've seen it happen every time. When the serving increased, the speaking increased. God wants to get a word to you so he can get it through you to help somebody. Because Samuel was a servant, God used him to save the nation. People are depending on you, getting a word of God to your life. If he can get it in you, he can get it through you. Let me pray for you today. Father, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you today. God, I pray for those under the sound of my voice, Father, there are people of high influence in this room of their children. God, we need a word from you today. Father, those in business and government, those in media, those in education, God, we need to hear from you today. Father, this is bigger than us. God, I pray from the back row to the front row Today, God, you would draw us to community where there's been offense or hurt, where there's been disappointment. When we've just kind of pulled ourselves in, said, no, I'm not trusting, I'm not reaching, I'm not loving, I'm not connecting. Today, God, would you reinforce that you know our name and you're drawing us to community today, that we're in this together. God, right now, I pray for walls to drop. I pray, for, I pray for coffees to happen this week. I pray for lunches to happen this week. I pray for date nights to happen this week. I pray for people to meet this week. I pray there would be community, more than a service on a Sunday morning, there'd be a community of people translating God for each other. God, I pray for serving right now. I pray where there's been pride that is setting up a fall of, no, no, it's all about me. It's all about what I can do. It's all about my name and my fame and my game. Right now, I pray in Jesus' name, Father, right now, that we would humble ourselves and take a position of a servant. God, I pray, let it be on our lips. What do you need, God? What do you need? God, what do my kids need from you? What does my wife need from you? What does my church need from you? What does my city need from you? God, would you speak to us as we humble ourselves? Oh, God, you embrace the, the humble and you resist the proud. Today we humble ourselves, say God speak to us as a church as we serve you in our city, in the name of Jesus Christ.